And now it's time for our discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday, indeed. Uh, we're almost close to Friday. <laughs> almost. <laughs> I'm getting rid of the term uh, Friday Eve. Yeah. I don't think it's catching on. <laughs> <laughs> we tried something there. It's time to move yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, it certainly is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's jump into our keyword news portion of the day. We're going to try to clarify some of the major headlines for our listeners, starting with the update in Turkey. This is their first keyword. Snow in Turkey. So let's get the latest from the deadly earthquake. Rescue efforts are being hampered by freezing conditions and even snow. The death toll also keeps climbing as expected. And that hour for rescue efforts, it seems like it's closing down on us. What's the latest? Right. Uh, more than 12,000 people in Turkey and Syria are now known to have been killed uh, in Monday's earthquakes. The biggest challenge right now is time. It's been nearly 72 hours since the initial earthquake and weather conditions have worsened with both temperatures uh, dipping below freezing and now snow, as you mentioned. This is hampering aid from coming in as well as uh, it's uh, dangerous for planes to land uh, in Turkey. A lot of flights have been suspended uh, in Turkey as a consequence of the snow that's been mounting. Um, damaged roads have also complicated uh, aid delivery as well. Uh, it's quite unusual for such conditions at this time of year uh, for that part of the region of the world as well. Um, and especially with the disaster happening, it's causing even more of a problem uh, than it would have done uh, without the earthquakes. Uh, now, aid groups say the first 72 hours after a natural disaster like this are the most crucial to rescue survivors. Um, so it's a really harrowing and desperate situation. Millions of people have been affected uh, by Monday's quakes in both Turkey and Syria. In Turkey, hundreds of thousands of people have taken refuge in government shelters or hotels. Others are living in stadiums and mosques. There are even people sleeping in cars and trains as well. Um, but in Syria, the situation is even worse. Northern Syria was already under the stress of war and refugees. There simply isn't this infrastructure there to provide emergency care and there are lacking essentials to simply survive. Mm -hmm. Now, the only road that the UN authorizes to carry supplies from Turkey to Syria has been damaged by this quake. A lot of the aid that's coming in from the dozens of countries that are uh, giving a helping hand are often coming to Syria via Turkey, and mm -hmm. the road and the access um, to uh, Syria, excuse me, uh, has been damaged and blocked, so uh, causing even more problems there. Syria's government has blamed Western sanctions for hampering relief efforts. The US, though, is pushing back, saying that sanctions do not include humanitarian assistance. So the earthquake and the natural disaster is causing kind of diplomatic tensions as well. Um, now, dozens of countries, as I've mentioned, are helping out, uh, including Korea. A team of 118 Korean disaster relief personnel is now in Turkey to help out with the rescue and search efforts. Uh, this is the largest disaster relief team Korea has actually um, dispatched overseas in a single day. Uh, as well as that, Seoul has also pledged an initial $5 million in humanitarian assistance to Turkey mm. and subsequent measures to Syria uh, are yet to be announced as well. 
Uh, meanwhile, it seems uh, Turkey's President Erdogan has visited the disaster zone for the first time and he said help is on the way and things are under control. Uh, it didn't really suffice because you literally see rescue efforts being carried out by all corners um, from all yeah. ends. I mean, you're talking about just your neighbors coming in to dig through the rubbles. You can only imagine mm-hmm. danger and the desperation. Uh, the, what, when you, what the UNICEF spokesperson said in a number of interviews kind of struck hard for me. Uh, it is trauma on trauma. It is heartbreak mm. on heartbreak. And that seems to be a shared emotion across the world. Right. And there's a lot of pent-up anger as well uh, right. from this uh, natural disaster. Erdogan, yes, visited the site of the uh, damaged areas, but uh, his government is also facing some criticism from right. the uh, public as well uh, because they believe that uh, the government was late in its response and not doing much. Uh, mm-hmm. Erdogan is hitting back, saying that uh, this is the best uh, he could do mm-hmm. for such natural disasters. So some domestic kind of tensions there as well as on top of these kind of diplomatic tensions as well. Absolutely. I know it's not perhaps time to talk about uh, politics in Turkey, but it does bring into mm. those questions. What does this mean for important elections that are coming uh, for mm. the Erdogan administration? We'll leave it there yeah. for now so we can turn our attention to our second keyword of the day. Military parades. So turning to North Korea, uh, reportedly North Korea held a widely anticipated nighttime military parade in Kim Il-sung Square. This was to mark the 75th founding anniversary of its armed forces. What's the latest on him? Right. So we've been giving some kind of, you know, hints uh, and reports about preparations leading up to this event. Mm-hmm. Commercial satellite imagery has for months shown North Korean troops practicing for a major parade, according to Uh, international analysts. It's an event that showcases the country's latest weapons to mark the founding uh, anniversary of its army. South Korea, as well as the US, will uh, have been closely watching to see what was uh, on display, uh, but no details uh, as such have come out yet. Uh, Pyongyang state media, for example, had not reported on the parade as of last night, though Uh, Outlets did describe a number of other commemorative events. Uh, North Korea's past four military parades occurred after dark, and state media did not report on the events until the next day. So we might have some more details coming out from uh, state media uh, soon. Um, It was not immediately known as well if North Korean leader Kim Jong-un presided over Wednesday's parade, but videos seen by uh, NK News showed music that usually is played when Kim arrives in public being played in Kim Il-sung Square. About one hour after the music began, uh, several waves of what appeared to be illuminated jets, uh, turboprop aircraft and helicopters could be seen flying low in formation um, over the capital. Uh, Kim did preside over other celebrations as well the previous uh, couple of days. And on Tuesday, he called for strengthening the military. Yesterday, he also pledged to expand military drills and beef up the country's war readiness um posture so that just goes to show that it's proving even more difficult for any efforts to tr- try and bring north korea back to nuclear talks and try and get any uh, sort of deal done with south korea and the us especially mm-hmm. amid the hardline stance that the UN administration and the biden administration at that is taking all right uh let's move on to our third keyword of the day Impeached. So coming from our political arena, the opposition-controlled parliament has approved an unprecedented impeachment measure against the interior minister, Lee Sang-min, heating up partisan tensions. Can you tell us more on the latest? 
Yes, the Democratic Party and minor opposition parties, such as the Justice Party and uh, Basic Income Party, passed the measure using their majority yesterday. Uh, Isang Min is the first cabinet minister in the country's history to actually be impeached by Parliament. Uh, we've had impeachments of pre uh, presidents before, Pakun and Lotu at that. Uh, they said he should be removed from office over what they saw as a failed uh, response to the Itaewon deadly crowd crush. The uh, impeachment suspends E from his duties and the country's constitutional court has 180 days to rule on whether to unseat him for good or give him back the job. Mm -hmm. um, the Vice Minister Han Chang Sak will step in as acting minister until the court decides E's fate. Uh, he issued a statement expressing regret and said he would defend his case in the court uh, and faithfully undergo the impeachment trial. Um, his impeachment highlights the growing kind of impasse Yoon faces in a parliament that's controlled by his uh, liberal opponents and could further intensify the country's partisan uh, political fighting. Uh, the top office denounced the impeachment as a shame and an mm. abandonment uh, of parliamentarism. Um, it is unclear how the court will rule on this case, uh, and it could be risky for the DP if the court doesn't impeach E, as it could be seen as abusing its majority uh, and therefore abusing power. So um, you'll have to see how the court rules. Uh, 180 days, whether mm. we'll get a decision before that. Uh, remains to be seen, uh, but certainly eyes will be on that. All right. So keeping our tabs on how the Constitutional Court will deliver, let's move on to our fourth keyword of the day. Fake peace. So President Yoon has criticized his predecessor for neglecting integrated defense drills involving the government, military, police, uh, civilians in pursuit of what he called fake peace. Uh, tell us a little bit more about what was said. Right, so he was presiding over a session of the Central Integrated Defense Council. This marks the first time a president presided over the annual Central uh, Council uh, meeting in seven mm. years. It is focused on the combined defense posture of the government, the military, police and civilians in light of national security threats, including uh, North Korea. In Korea, it's known as Hamui uh, Hulyeon, and uh, sometimes uh, if, you are in Korea, if you were in Korea, um, a few uh, many years back, you would have heard, heard sirens oh, right. possibly uh, sounding in your area, uh, which would be part of these um, drills. And public offices will often uh, conduct such drills in their office as well. Uh, President Yoon also further pointed out that the meeting was scaled down under the previous government, which resulted in a weakened defense system. He has often blamed Moon Jae-in's peace drive with North Korea for weakening the country's defense system. Uh, and he said he plans to preside over the meeting annually as well. And he noted that the current security situation on the Korean Peninsula and the surrounding region uh, is a very grave in light of increased North Korean um, weapons testing and threats. The presidential office said this meeting was held with the backdrop of North Korea uh, defining South Korea as an enemy, as well as openly demonstrating its readiness for a preemptive nuclear strike, as well as its recent drone infiltration um, and cyber attacks as well. You stress the importance of cyber security as it could cause devastating damage to the uh, economy. He also called for energy-related facilities such as gas, oil and nuclear power plants to be treated as national security facilities also. Mm -hmm. um, Korea also plans to stage uh, nationwide civil air defense drills in May for the first time in six years. 
uh, to help reinforce public safety. I guess it is in response to escalated tensions on the Korean Peninsula and more importantly, unit administration stands on how to deal with North Korea and its posture. All right, let's uh, turn to the latest COVID-19 update. This is our last keyword. COVID drop. So COVID-19 cases in Korea have been dropping even further. That is, despite the easing of the indoor mask mandate, I, I, th- I don't think we were completely reassured that, you know, we might be safe with the uh, indoor mask mandate lifted. Can you tell us the details on the latest reports? Right. So Korea's new COVID-19 cases stayed below 20,000 for the seventh straight day yesterday. Mm-hmm. Now, yesterday's tally is down for, uh, slightly from the previous week, but slightly up from the previous day. Uh, the number of critically ill patients also came to 283, which is down from 293 the previous day and down from the weekly average of 312. So overall, Uh, kind of a downward trend still. If we look at cases on a weekly basis, last week's caseload is also 24% lower when compared uh, to the week before. And now there were concerns that cases would increase, actually, with the indoor mask rule Mm. being scrapped. But it seems the downward trend um, is continuing. If this was early in the week, we could cite less testing over the weekend. But since we are past this uh, midweek points. The sure. numbers show kind of a definite decline. Uh, and despite the easing of the mask rule, we can see still see people wearing uh, masks both indoors and outdoors at that, which may be a factor behind the fewer cases as well. Mm. Is there a correlation or relationship between the fact that we didn't, in fact, lower our face masks altogether? Maybe. Mm. Uh, but I mean, better safe than sorry. I, I actually kind of appreciate uh, how, how everyone cares, it seems, about public safety and health. And I, I appreciate it a great deal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, it's always best to stay safe. And a lot of Korean people, yeah. I think, uh, are wary of uh, other people's health as well, as well as their own. Uh, And also the fine dust levels are not (laughs) good as well, as we mentioned yesterday. So, yeah, it's it's a common sight that we see in Korea, even before the pandemic. Thank you very much for today's coverage. Have a safe day and I'll see you tomorrow. You too. Stay safe. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.